0: Everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Marvel and DC. This episode number 183, we'll be discussing D23 MCU reveals and the Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker trailers. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. I can't even edit that out. <laughs> What's going on, boys? Holy, it has been an insane week. We had so much delivered to our doorsteps almost with regards to the mcu and star wars we've been talking for weeks about the lack of star wars news media whatever and finally they deliver something lucasfilm came through in a big way with this mandalorian trailer the rise of skywalker teaser as well as some information about the d disney plus shows we've been calling it d plus in the background here and we're also going to talk about d23 reveals from the mcu we came into this weekend or at least i did thinking that There was going to be much from the MCU because they had such a huge announcement of the MCU phase four slate over at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. And here they are again. They delivered, once again, three new shows. Giving us some more insights, some posters, some concept art of what these shows are going to look like, what some of these movies, that Black Widow poster. Holy man, we got a ton of stuff to talk about, guys. It's going to be an exciting episode. It's going to be a quick episode. We got a lot to get through without making this a four and a half hour podcast. But first, guys, <laughs> before we get into anything, we got to talk just briefly about our week's nerd and how you guys are doing. How did you consume this week? And how did you just drink up? Nerddom this weekend. Boys, Troy, my man, Sonny, man yeah. of steel books. What's going on, boys?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's my old box office forum name. Uh, let's see. My weekend week nerd. You know, I, uh, big, big thing. I took the plunge, and I got the DC Universe app. Not available in Canada. I still live in Canada, but I did get it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, funny story. I found out my work IP address is set in the States. So I was like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna start the free trial. This thing's pretty cool, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like we talking about D plus coming out and all that stuff. This one here um, doesn't have as much stuff, but it, it is pretty cool. Um, it has comics, it has movies, it has TV shows, cartoons, live action. It's pretty cool. I really hope it comes to Canada so I can actually get it at home and not just at my work.
2: <laughs> How's experiencing the comics through that app? What's that like?
1: Uh, it's pretty good, actually. I haven't had a chance to like read too much; just kind of hunted and pecked a little things. But the comic appears on your screen, and then you just kind of on your desktop, and then you can just click next, and it's like per page, so it's not just like giant panels. So you see it as you would if you're reading the book.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was. is nice. Yeah. Does it
1: have I, the I,
0: functionality? It must have if you have it on a an iPad or whatever, because the Marvel app has where it kind of clicks through. And it goes almost panel by panel, but it kind of walks through really cool so that you have that ability to zoom in a little bit.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I've never tried it on my uh any sort of like uh, tablet or anything, but uh you know I'll have to I'll have to get back to you on that. But uh checking out uh Young Justice, the new episode, because in Canada we're so far behind. In the States, all the episodes are already released, so wow. I gotta catch up on that. Man, I'm telling you, this show is bonkers. It's amazing. If you haven't seen Young Justice, check it out. It's my favorite animated superhero show of all time.
2: High praise, I, man. I, I'm, wow. I'm
1: putting, I'm planting that flag. It's my favorite. I love it. I love everything about it. Check it out. Um, and besides that, uh, finally, almost done my pull list. I'm like three comics behind, which is like the closest I've ever been to being like Dang. on top of my pull list. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people jealous of me right now, but feeling pretty good about it. And I can actually read comics the day they come. Come out!
0: What a whole idea! Jeez, you're a lucky man. I'm quite a ways behind on my pull list now. You know the baby's been going through one of them regressions and it's just been killing <laughs> us out home here. Yeah. And but it's 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 been one of those one of those things that I've been relying relying on you guys quite a bit. Relying on Sanjay in particular for delivering me some of this stuff. I finally got my hands on steel books this week. Sunny steel no, yeah. came through. He delivered four steel books. <laughs> Um, yeah. and my wife and I actually this weekend, we celebrated our six year, sixth year, anniversary wedding anniversary. Wow.
1: Congratulations. Woo!
0: Congratulations! And she got me something that just blew my brain apart. So, so for your sixth anniversary, it's your iron anniversary. You know how every anniversary oh, has kind of a different theme I or whatever where to this it. this is
1: going. A cat and figure.
0: Yeah. Well, she, so she made me this little, it's, and it's so perfect too. And it's, it's not crazy expensive or anything like that, but she made me a little shadow box and I'm just showing I it to the boys here. Know. I'll throw up an image on. Uh, instagram so here cool. the oh, Yo, man that's so dope and so it's a little shadow box it's a little lego minifig of iron man and then she's put into this metal i love you 3000 there you oh, go Oh no
1: <laughs> way man <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's so awesome sick. blew that's so cool. my brain so apart cool, when i saw that i was that's just so like cool.
0: that it's just and again that goes to the idea and we talked about this back on our detours episode about having a wife that's invested in the same way in your hobby and nerd and all that thing and supporting it and she does that tenfold so big shout out to my wife i love you we had a great little anniversary a little different than normal you know we had the two kids and all that but that that just i had to get that out there because it was uh it's something real special too right it's it's so simple but it's so perfect at the same time Mm -hmm. what did you get her flowers and stuff like that you know
1: oh you just you dressed up as iron man you know it's the iron anniversary yeah yeah (laughs)
0: there's (laughs) iron man there's so many jokes running through your head Sanjay, i can just see it i know how much you want to get them out there (laughs) i can only
2: imagine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah
0: and then other than that i uh good friend of the show rob cast from roman podcast from tsw comics tsw roundtable he uh he was at the fan expo toronto so this is the biggest comic convention in canada he was there this past weekend Uh, Go check out his Instagram. He was holding the actual lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back. Like the set saber. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh But he picked me up a Captain America pop, 80th anniversary pop, exclusive to that convention. It's going to end up in my mailbox at some point in time here. So I'm super excited about that. Those type of things are really hard for me to get. Um, So really appreciate that. So shout out to him. Looking forward to getting my hands on that. And then other than that, man, it's been pretty slow for me. Again, I have not made my way to the shop and he's going to kill me or be very happy when I show up (laughs) one or the other. Uh, But I got to get there this weekend. So I got to get I got to get to your point, Sonny. I got to get to where I'm on top of my pull list. That's kind of my goal. I got a couple days here. You know, we're all counting down to first day of school. And mm-hmm. when routine begins again, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, after a crazy, crazy year of travel, that I can get some routine back mm-hmm. in my life here. And that also means getting back at the comics and getting prepared yeah. for everything from Disney+, Plus to Triple Force Friday, to Star Wars fandom again, man. I was vibrating when we oh. saw the stuff coming out of D23, but we're going to get into that. But first, got to hear, Troy, man, what's your weekend there looking oh. like?
2: all quiet man just been catching up on comic books dude mm-hmm. um avengers what 22 or 23 i'm all caught up on with um with ghost rider he's playing a huge point right now in that saga man i love love what uh, jason aaron doing over there with the avengers and the art is fantastic uh batman i think i'm one or two issues down
1: okay um, uh, city of bane
2: city of bane i think it's 75 yes. yeah i'm at 75 right now okay. and it's, it's, it's cool i'm digging it what's going on um mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how Tom King wraps this whole thing up. And uh, there's another comic that I... Oh, uh, well, I think I talked about maybe last week. Powers of X, House of X. Yeah, yeah. Filling it, man. Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. all day. You know, you're kind of reading the story backwards slightly. That's that's his style, right? You know, he... um. He slowly builds it up and uh, drops it all over your head, man. So I can't wait to finish that whole run. And um, yeah, that's really it. I mean, I met with Sunny uh, this week that's and right. I picked up some Steel books, the man of Steel books. <laughs> that's what I do, man.
1: man. Delivery man
2: that's it does, man. This guy's awesome. I picked <laughs> up uh, Endgame, so I legit have the physical copy, and I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> the best, the best. And, um, <laughs> and Iron Man. You know where it all started. Back to basics, yeah. man. Iron Man one, the Steel book, which looks fresh. And um yeah man, that's that's really it. It's been pretty low key. Haven't done much for collecting. Just uh, just anticipating, man, waiting for that Triple Force Friday, man. It's going to be nuts. got have got to
0: save that powder. It's it's oh, coming, man, October God. 4th. Cool. And I tell you, we talked, was it last week or the week before, whenever it was, I had a bit of a rant about my Star Wars fandom not feeling Star Wars, right? We're so hmm. entrenched in the <laughs> MCU as of late, and Star Wars just wasn't doing it for me. I'd really pulled back on collecting, even to the point. So when I was down in the States, we recorded last week, and I was down, down in the States on business. I'm back here now. But when I was down there, I dipped into a few more stores after we recorded, including a Disney store. And stacked up there were Black Series that we haven't even seen released here. So Ezra, Chop, BT, Triple Zero, all those. I looked at them and I said, I'm good. Wow. I walked away from them. Wow. You turned your back on Rebels? I did, man. (laughs) And now at this point, now that my fandom spiked once again, I'm really regretting that. (laughs) But you can get them on Amazon. But yeah. I, that, oh, that yeah. was kind of a real point of realization for me in my Star Wars fandom. And I don't <laughs> really know what's wrong with me. I just – I'm not engaged. Like I said before, I yeah. won't go into the same discussion. But that was a, a real eye-opener for me that I just – if that were me a year ago, I would have slid all those yeah. into a cart. Um, right, but right. right then and there, I, it wasn't happening. If this was yeah. me this week – they would all went to the cart just because of of these trailers, (laughs) the vibes, everything that we're getting kind of almost this MCU, like slate reveal from star Wars Mm -hmm. and how important that was for me as a fan. Like I tweeted out as soon as we saw the Skywalker trailer, I was like, I needed this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. but boys, let's get into it. Let's jump into some of this D23 stuff. We're going to kick it off with the MCU. We're going to continue some of our discussions from last week and the week before and the week before that, always stemming back to San Diego Comic-Con, even Avengers Endgame. And then we're going to get into the Star Wars stuff a little later on in the episode. But Marvel panel reveals from D23. This was spread over two days. There are two mm-hmm. main panels that they put on one was the disney plus and so in my brain i thought this was just all mcu stuff and i didn't realize that they didn't talk about films because you know we don't really get the content it's being you know kind of tossed out there on twitter for us but the first day was really much about the disney plus shows and to be honest with you guys i don't know if you felt this way but i thought we were done with phase four even into early phase five releases they had already tossed out eight different titles And Mm -hmm. what more could they do? What more could we actually ask for? And geez, did they deliver again? (laughs) Three new shows, three characters that have been rumored for some time, but we're getting shows that are coming after this slate. So probably into 2022, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk and Moon Knight. Yeah. Really expanding and diversifying this Disney Plus. It was already quite a diverse platform. And even the MCU, we've seen a lot of diversification. We talked about this before in cast, director, and direction of films. And now we're getting even more of that. This, this Isn't is not there fantastic. already a Moon Knight show? What's that?
1: Wasn't there already like a Moon Knight show? Or I seem to remember the character appearing on TV. Is that just a figment of my imagination? Or did that actually happen?
0: I don't not in this yeah. iteration, not in the no. Mark Spector iteration. I don't think he's very Batman esque. So you might have yeah. seen Batman oh. on TV and thought he was maybe Moon and maybe and my him. color
1: was off and he was all white and I was like, hey, there's Moon yeah. Knight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but what are you guys thinking about these reveals? Feige's out there tossing out Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and Moon Knight. Come on, like if, for those that aren't familiar, Miss Marvel, she's a relatively new character to the comics. She's mm-hmm. a Muslim Pakistani American superhero um she hulk cousin of hulk jennifer walters lawyer by day yes. hulk by night <laughs> and we got moon knight mark specter vigilante of sorts maybe imbued by some sort of moon god i don't know how they're going to play this but nice. pretty crazy you know moon knight's been something that they've been they've been teasing even miss marvel and she hulk these are all things that we've heard but i did not expect this troy do are you are you feeling this for one and were you expecting she- any of this
2: Oh, dude, the highlight for me. Give it up for my boy, Stewbacca. She Hulk has yes. a building, man. Come on, we got She Hulk. She-Hulk yeah, love... TV series, this is, this is so cool. Jennifer Walters, she's been getting a huge push in the Avengers yes. comics as of late. And um, she did get that Marvel Legend drop at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So, you know, we always get that little hint from Marvel when they're, we you know, seeing Blade, seeing She-Hulk. Even Kamala Khan, she's coming up in the next Avengers game, Miss Marvel. And then she's also getting a little cool push in her own story pretty well in the Marvel comics. So it makes sense. Moonlight, Moon Knight for me is someone that's been... Um, not necessarily getting a push, but something that's been a fan favorite for a while, right? Yeah. Everybody's wanted the, what was it, the Midnight Suns? They've yes. all been wanting Moon Knight and Blade and Werewolf by Night. So um, it's cool to see that happen. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do on the Disney Plus with this show. Because if you were to ask me, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I would say this would have definitely popped up on the Netflix series, mm-hmm. uh, Moon Knight at least. But um, She-Hulk, I'm just, I'm super anticipating. It's going to be fun. I want to see the casting, who they're going to pick to play her, and um, the uh, the quality. Because after looking at the Mandalorian quality that goes in there, the budget looks legit. I can only imagine what they're going to do with She-Hulk because that's going to be that's going to be tricky. I, I hope it's not too much nighttime shots of her being green. I hope we get a lot of daytime because <laughs> she's a lot more fun than than Bruce. So mm-hmm. ah, this is going to be crazy, man. It's it's that what stole the show for me though. And those little announcements is the She-Hulk that's
1: what nice. I'm feeling Nice, yeah.
2: nice, Sanjay how are you feeling about these reveals is
0: this getting you even more into Disney Plus the MCU has taken a big shift to this platform mm-hmm. they are using it and underpinning a lot of this Disney Plus with the MCU and to be honest with you and I don't know if you feel the same way Sanjay I'm almost more excited for the Disney Plus stuff than I am for the film slate which is quite decent in itself but yep. yeah, looking at, at some major names here how are you feeling about all this
1: you know, uh, I've, I said this before in the podcast. Like, I, I'm definitely more of a film guy. Like, give me two hours, I'll watch it. I'm done with it. TV shows, I can't commit like eight hours to one thing. I don't know what it is. I always just like lose interest. Even like like Titans, um, even like Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Like these are DC like huge shows, and I haven't really caught on. And like Daredevil, um, Luke Cage punisher all these people like all everyone says like these shows are amazing you got to watch them i just haven't got around to watching them to be honest with you uh well i it's watch you these busy shows?
2: watching young justice
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only tv show that i like watch religiously every week um besides that though um not much so will i watch these yeah i'll give them a shot absolutely i'll give them a shot. Um we're going Will to be I reviewing stick with them, them on the
0: podcast at some point, so you
1: have to watch them. <laughs> is this going to turn into a Collider thing? I'm not going to review it. I'll tell you what we'll review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a big argument on on, uh, on air, so yeah. bear with us. Me and Tim have got to hash this out. Yeah. Troy, are you good for take five?
2: I'll just be laughing throughout the background, yeah. I
1: guess. <laughs> just awkwardly, like, should I laugh? Should I say something? Yeah. Well, this uh, is great podcasting. Yeah, I'm def- yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, I'll definitely give him a go um, But I, I'm definitely more of a movie guy But uh, Moon Knight Sounds interesting You you mentioned Batman when you mentioned Moon Knight So immediately you have my attention She-Hulk, know nothing about her Other than Hulk But she So I'll give it a go Miss um, Marvel, is she related to Captain Marvel? I don't know, I'll find no. out Well, why do they both have Marvel in their name then?
0: Yeah, well, because so Captain Marvel took the name of Well, Miss Marvel was Carol Danvers at some point, and mm-hmm. then she inherited the Captain Marvel name, and then Miss Marvel came along and inherited the Miss Marvel name.
1: She you know? was Miss Marvel, and then she married Captain Crunch, and now she's Captain Marvel.
2: <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how it works, it. right? With with Miss Marvel, it's gonna be interesting though, because she's an Inhuman. So I'm gonna, you know, oh, I'm gonna wonder just... how they're gonna handle that. Do you think they'd change her to a mutant? Yeah. Like, are they done with Inhumans? I would say so. I would
0: yeah, say I so. Think, I think that the Inhumans is just going to be put to To be honest with yeah. you, and we'll talk about this later on, we may have talked about this before. I think the Eternals are taking the place of the Inhumans, setting up a very right. similar right. idea. That, right. whatever they were going to do originally with the Inhumans, they've taken that story and adapted it in some fashion into the Eternals. Would be my oh, guess. Yeah, like yeah.
1: the Inhumans, you can't even buy it on home video the season i don't e- i've never seen it they've buried that so deep
0: it's in a dumpster somewhere <laughs> on fire yeah
1: i would love to buy it and just watch yeah. it because it is part of like the history it is mcu proper no it's but not. uh but getting back to it's not
0: no all that was. tv stuff i think i'm and this is maybe more my opinion but all that tv stuff i think has been deemed more or less non-mcu canonical and multiverse storytelling
2: oh the okay ages, even the ages of shield and i think Peggy so stuff, yeah yeah like yeah. i think as
0: far as the mcu goes at least the mcu proper timeline colson is still dead like there's yeah it, it was all connected at some point and all this but that all kind of fell apart i think a little bit so mm-hmm. for me canon is whatever has the marvel studios tag on it and those shows don't
1: right okay. yeah yeah, cool, so cool. And that's
0: why that's just so exciting here because Kevin Feige is up on stage and people were a bit disappointed, at least on the, the initial idea that Miss Marvel wasn't going to be on the big screen, but he said outright, these characters are going to appear on the big screen and explicitly stated that Miss Marvel will be on the big screen. Um, oh, yeah. Really? Wow. Nice. So And that's that's, that's what's huge. important about these shows and getting the Disney Plus app. You know, I hear me promoting mm-hmm. checks coming in the mail <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> these, these are going to be important for films. Like they talked about WandaVision directly bleeding into... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and the idea that Miss Marvel could show up on screen someday in an Avengers film or a young Avengers film of some sort. You know, they could be building towards something like that with the idea of Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. So if we kind of really dig through this, maybe Spider-Man was going to be the center of that. Who knows? But not anymore. <laughs> but they, they have the right ingredients here to build towards several different things. And this is why I love the idea of Disney Plus and them underpinning so much of this new streaming service in the MCU. The fact that they got Feige up on stage talking about all this means something. You know, he is taking a vested interest. Marvel Studios are producing these. He's going to have the quality and the continuity built into them that we want and want to continue to see. It's just stuff like Miss Marvel may have never found its way onto screen until 2025. Now we get it in 2022. Crazy stuff, absolutely crazy stuff. And, you know, Sanjay, to your point about this idea of the long form storytelling, the episodic storytelling on Netflix and that my impression, at least from the Mandalorian, from the Obi-Wan series that these are going to be six to eight episodes. These aren't going to be 12, That's 13 episodes that we got from the Daredevil mm-hmm. Punisher series, which we always said, Troy, you got to cut them back three, four episodes because they're just too For long. Sure. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. these continue with we, I don't need nine hours of She-Hulk. I'm happy with, with, you know, six five hours you know five six good episodes
1: yeah because nine hours that's a trilogy right like the cat trilogy is... two hours of movie boom so wait no that doesn't make sense The six hours
0: math <laughs> nah, don't worry about it hold it's on light. i
1: gotta do the math I gotta, <laughs> I gotta
0: get a calculator but you
1: know what you know what i mean like so that's crazy like one season that's like three four movies of a, of a character so you're right cut it back
0: yeah, yeah and i think they're doing that and now The other stuff that we did know about when it comes to Disney Plus is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, and What If. So that was all stuff that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Now, we got some more insight into these shows. And one that I'm super stoked about, probably most anticipated for, is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we've got some cast nice. additions here, which is giving us some more insight into what this could potentially be as far as storyline. Wyatt Russell, I believe Kurt Russell's son, has been cast as John Walker. Now, this is a character in the comics better known as U.S. Agent. Now, what's Ooh. important about that, he wears kind of a black Captain America-esque suit. Steve Rogers was U.S. Agent at some point in the comics and all that. But what's, what's key about this is that I believe they're going to go with a storyline very similar to... The original, I think Nick Spencer, no, not, was it Nick Spencer originally wrote Falcon? I'm not sure, as he became Captain America. And how it was not my Captain America. This whole idea that he doesn't, he's not supposed to be Captain America. The America really didn't accept him as Captain America. And I think they're going in this direction. What looks like in my prediction here is that the U.S. government's going to say, no, we want this guy as the new Captain America, not you Falcon. And that's going to be mm. this, this undertone that they're going to pick up in this film so what do you, what do you guys think about that do, does that make sense to you do you buy into that you know we've also got uh zemo coming back which is kind of an important villain but it seems like they're going to be playing the political end of this which i'm game for a kind of winter soldier ass political thriller type thing yes
2: yeah no i love that i think uh going back you know most people's all-time mcu favorite film is the winter soldier for the whole aspect of it being that political thriller that everybody's been uh you know Saving ever since, so I feel like what better platform to do it on than the uh, the show here, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and to go even deeper and kind of make it like that's what you get out of a Captain Captain America show or movie even. So uh, just own it, and uh, I, I think that's gonna be the direction they most likely will go. That'll be pretty cool too to see you know Bucky and um, Falcon obviously teaming up and then going up against um, ne- is it Baron Baron Zemo? I Z- I don't what know got?
0: Baron, but Zemo, yeah.
2: Zemo and then we got um, an obviously US agent, which is which is cool. And, and, you know, Sonia, I got that Marvel card that you gave me. So it's cool yeah. to see that Marvel card, you know, is getting some love. Oh, US man. Agent.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. See, I, that, I was going to say the only time I ever saw US agent was on those Marvel cards. The Marvel cards. I, what yeah. is his stats looking like?
2: I couldn't tell you. They're probably less than Spider-Man's by I me. Mean, Spider-Man <laughs> probably
1: less than Venom's too, then as well.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he was on the West Coast Avengers as well. U.S. Agent, but that's probably the Steve Rogers days. But no, all around man, we're gonna get a lot of you know the new the new Caps going on. We got Bucky, we got Falcon, we got U.S. Agent, and we also got um, uh, Homeboy in um, what do you call it? The uh, the Russian Captain oh, America. Oh, Red basically. Guardian. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, who's also yeah. being a push in the Marvel comics and the Avengers line. So it'll be cool to have all these different kind of patriotic Captain Americas going around, you could say. Cool. Cool. You know?
0: yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool storyline. And they're also adding Emily Van Camp. She's coming back as Sharon Carter, Agent 13 nice. from Winter Soldier and Civil War. Sonny, are you buying into all the, this casting, this idea, the plot, bringing back Agent 13, which is it seems like a, a must for me in this.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you talk about Cap, you talk about Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier, like his uh, his his Cap family.
2: Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> this is the perfect level threat. Like I don't want to see Cap and his family going up against something that's like not a spy thriller
2: or a yeah, political exactly.
1: intrigue. Like he can't be going up against the Shatari and like hunting them down. One like, hundred percent
2: dimensions, right?
1: Like you can make it work, but this this is the bread and butter Cap, you know. So absolutely.
0: perfect now we got some makeovers here particularly we got kind of our first poster here concept art poster for this show and Bucky's he's sporting a new look he's got that Bucky Barnes look post I guess the original Winter Soldier storyline so losing that grunge look losing the long hair and the beard clean shave and short hair He's looking
2: fantastic, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I like the scruff, man. I the like, I like the shaggy, you know, dark looking kind of uh, Bucky. But the this, white this wolf, clean cut buck. This looks like the buck when he was was Cap, basically. Yeah, his, exactly. With the hairdo that he's Rocky. Maybe he's trying to get that spot. Maybe he's yeah. like you know what? If I clean up my ways, I can get there. But <laughs> yeah, he's uh, just no, missing
0: I that little mask, eh? That black mask that goes across his domino face. Domino
2: mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm digging the new look myself. I think yep. it's uh, the clean cut, shorter hair gives him more of uh, the heroic vibe if he's yeah. going in that direction. And I think it's funny because you brought this up before, Sanjay. Does do all these guys get a free pass? Does Does Winter Soldier get a right? free pass? So <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean, they need to talk about that. They can't just gloss over it.
0: Yeah, we've kind of given him immunity to some sort or a pardon based off of, you know, him helping save the world several times. But yeah. I'm, I'm digging all this. I'm digging all the looks and I know we're going to get that Falcon suit. You know, Anthony Mackey came out and said he's not called Captain America in this series. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. And then at the end, boom, hit us with that suit with calling him Captain America. Like, I, I just, oh, I can't wait for this series. But the next one we're going to talk about here is probably the strangest one. No pun intended there, not really a pun at all, but (laughs) it is called WandaVision. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago after the reveal at San Diego Comic-Con, but we got a bit more insight and our first look at some concept art. Now, talking about the concept art first, we've been hearing that it has this 50s vibe to it. And one of the running theories that we've had here in the nerd room is WandaVision is purposely named that because this is a vision of Wanda's. This is in her head, this whole tv show is a storyline built entirely in wanda maximoff's head and that goes back to the comics about her starting to lose control of her reality altering powers and she's created this alternate reality where paul bettany's character the vision is still alive they're living happily in this ward and june cleaver s 1950s pearls yes sir type of world but in the background, there's something just a little bit more devious happening and maybe her breaking down. Now, are you guys getting that vibe off this poster that this is entirely in Wanda's head? Because even if you look up in the top left corner here, you see a vision and a Wanda shadow. And Wanda's got the little spikes and Vision's got the, the Infinity Stone in his head. So, what do you guys make of this? Sonny, what do you make of this Wanda Vision concept art as far as what it could mean for the show?
1: Yeah, this this looks really cool. As you said, you know, you got that like '50s look. It kind of reminds me of that old movie Pleasantville.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you
1: remember that, where like they they come from the future, or I guess in the present, and then they go back to the past? So I think they're gonna talk about that and a little bit about like '50s life and uh, a little bit of looking looking back in the past and uh, nostalgia and how sometimes it isn't as uh, great as we when we look back on it. Um, I I'm down for it. You know, this one intrigues me. I you know. Wanda in the comics, she's done some shady stuff, so she's she certainly is capable of doing some uh, doing some damage. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where the show goes.
0: Yeah, it's super super interesting and very intriguing as to how this could be played off as this 1950s sort of show where we have this idealized version of the American dream. But in the mm-hmm. background, there's this really odd, almost horror esque things happening with regards to Wanda and Vision. Here, Troy, are you digging this yeah. vibe that this is this is kind of putting down?
2: Um, I think the concept art's cool. I, I really like the uh, the throwback to Phantom Menace's first pro- first poster. You know, we have Vader's shadow yeah. in the background of uh, Young Anakin yeah. here. You got the uh, the Vision and classic, uh, you know, Wanda Scarlet Witch. Um, yeah, you know, I still go with the theory that I think, yeah, obviously that she's doing some kind of alternating world of some kind of event going on in their head, or maybe it's even in the outside. But I feel like there's still going to be something that she's doing that's wrong and damaging, and it's Doctor Strange that's going to kind of step in and be like, "Hey, like, you gotta work this out. You can't be doing what you're doing." Yeah, kind of pull her out, which will lead into his um his his show, but or movie, I should say. But um, yeah, I mean, the concept art's cool. It'll, it's it's a it's a good way to kind of um go down on Vision's uh, costume because obviously he's not going to be Vision much. He'll yeah. probably just Mm-mm. look more like Paul Bettany here. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool look to throw back to the 50s, like, doo kind of era. It's, it's cool. I feel it. I feel it. I feel the, yeah. look. I
0: feel the you know, look. You know, look, yeah. the thing that I love about it, too, is you look at, at Paul Bettany here, Vision, his suit is green, red, and yellow. Like yeah. Oh, so it's very much yeah. tossed back to the comics and all that. And his, it, color, his coloring yeah. here. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think... Because Feige was very explicit when he announced this at San Diego Comic-Con 2019 that this is going to lead directly into Doctor Strange 2. I mean, it could mm-hmm. Wanda be the, the villain of Doctor Strange 2?
1: Oh, interesting take. Like, she goes uh, so it crazy
0: wait. that he... Ha- like Because I guess there's a difference between alternate reality and altered reality. So Wanda mm. altering reality is taking 616 and screwing around with it. And an alternate reality is some a timeline splayed off, right? And mm-hmm. so there's a clear distinction there. And if you go back to House of M, it's altered reality, not
2: alternate reality. So I'll go with the altered reality then. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just actually affecting... The, uh, the current state of the MCU. But um yeah, you know, I was really sold on this when we heard the announcement from 2019's Comic Con. But um I gotta say it was the cast announcements that took away my my high <laughs> for this uh oh, so really? this show. I gotta Do say, tell. yeah. <laughs> well, we we got announced What the two actresses, well, the actress and actor, uh the one from uh Darcy, obviously. Cat is nice. nice. returning, turn out the She's, she's a veteran
0: the on the
1: TV shows. Darcy. Yeah. That's oh, man. awesome, man. She's coming back.
2: Yeah, oh.
0: apparently she's playing Darcy Lewis from the Thor franchise, or so more prominently or only Thor One and Thor of the Dark World. Now, if you go back to our oh. review of Thor of the Dark World, that was probably one of the things <laughs> and the tagline that came out of that is turned down the Darcy. No, yeah. No idea you, how she's fitting into this at are all. Are you guys
1: gonna get a legend? The Darcy legend? 20th Absolutely anniversary not. MCU legend?
2: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'll
2: be on the shelves for a long time. And then I don't understand how they've gone and gotten that homeboy from Ant-Man and Aquaman. He was the worst thing in Aquaman. Whoa, Mando come Park. on. Now. Jimmy Woo. Yeah, yeah, he's not funny at all. And he's, um, <laughs> he's probably my least favorite thing in Ant-Man, too. I just, I don't understand how they decide to get both those two and, and pop them in here. Like, those are the... the those are probably the two weakest characters in the MCU. So I'm I'm just blown away that the um, maybe they they'll got be this.
1: playing uh, alternate versions, right? Because like yeah. this is taking place in the '50s, so maybe you know it it'll, it it'll, wouldn't it'll make sense. You know that like Wanda that alters their personality, and then it'd be a good way to kind of reboot the characters as well. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> but so I think I that like speaks <laughs> speaks volumes for what this is gonna be. Kind of yeah. like I said, an altered reality is that you're gonna have all this mm-hmm. weird stuff coming in. And for whatever reason, Wanda's had, maybe not even interaction, but just from the history of the MCU as it's being, like, you could even see Sharon Carter in here or Cap, who knows? Yeah. Right? In this 1950s sort of vibe that we got going on here. So I, I, to me, this is one of the most intriguing shows because it has the potential to one, have the most oddly interconnected and cameo appearances of heroes. And characters that we know, like they're giving us two of the most obscure. What's not to say that we're gonna get something like Doctor Strange, or even more than that? And then the whole base concept of an altered reality would be really cool so very exciting Mm -hmm. stuff from wandavision here and the last show they're going to touch on here guys is this what if and i'm very briefly this is the animated the first animated show coming out of the mcu and the what if is just a pure concept that coming and dragging directly out of the comics about telling stories by changing one thing and seeing sort of the butterfly effect from that play out in front of us and the one that they've put as kind of the poster child for this is Hayley Atwell's Peggy Carter we know that there's this massive cast of characters of voice actors returning to reprise the roles that they have in the MCU proper now the cool thing here about Peggy Carter is they're tweaking it and saying what if she took the super soldier serum and became Captain Carter slash Captain Britain and so this looks like it's going to be the first episode of What If. The art looks great, very stylized, something a little different coming from the MCU. You guys got to be excited about this. Troy, how you feeling this What If stuff?
2: Oh, oh I love it. I, I'm a huge fan of the What Ifs from back in the day, and I, I love the animation. You know, I'm, I've never really been pleased with Disney's animation when it comes to the Marvel hero stuff on, like, Disney what, Family Channel, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know because Disney's like a you know, powerhouse when it comes to animation. So I'm glad Absolutely. to see that they're they're going full tilt here and they're not holding back. And Peggy looks awesome. catching Britain yeah, all day. I want that Marvel legend. Like, man, she looks great. Um and I can't wait to see the other stories that will spin out of the White If concept. And just to note too that we have these core actors coming back to voice act these um these characters and these heroes. Can't wait, man. I like yeah. this. Until yeah. you're just
0: talking about other episodes that we're going to see and other ideas and what ifs. So some of the stuffs that they also showed in there, some of the shots that we didn't really get revealed here were when a soldier battling a zombie version of Captain America, T'Challa Ooh. suiting up as Star-Lord, and Skinny yeah. Steve Rogers decked out as a in, a in a massive Iron Man suit. So they're going all over the place Ooh. like this. Now, wow. Sanjay, you are a big watcher of DC animation, a guru, if mm-hmm. you will. Does this sort of idea, concept, and animation draw you into this? Like, are you going to be watching What If? You're going to have to because we're going to review it. But <laughs> <laughs> I not told the point you of we're question. not
1: reviewing it, Tim. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of the TV shows, this is my most anticipated. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love like animation. I love animated movies, animated TV series. It's just something with animation that you can do that you can't do in real life. Uh, this being one of them, uh, the What Ifs. I I love it. I hope, you know, I hope they do more of these. I I hope they do more of these. In fact, I hope they do TV series, um, more TV series, and, like, animated movies. That's one thing that Marvel has not done. And with Disney owning them, I thought they would get in the game. Like, you look at DC, they release three or four animated movies every year based on old comic book lines. Marvel doesn't do that. I would love to see Marvel release, you know, they used to. They used to have some cool stuff, like uh, they had like Doctor Strange. They had the Ultimate Avengers one and two. I love that. That's such a good one. But then they stopped. You know, they they had like a Black Widow and Punisher team up, which was kind of cool. But then, as I said, yeah, they stopped. So I would love to see them get back in the game. But going with What If, yeah, I'm there. Like I love animation, and uh, this looks super cool and stuff that you can do that you couldn't do elsewhere. So let's get weird. Let's see what if we can do. Let's. Let's throw things out there. Let's see, you know, what if what if Disney didn't buy Fox? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> what if Disney didn't buy the MCU? It would look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting stuff. So that caps off the Disney Plus stuff. Now, this is all coming, not all coming, but Disney Plus is coming in November, and this is spanning about two shows a year, all the way through up until at least 2022 and potentially beyond. I think even the year after 2021, we get three shows which is crazy. There's going to be so much content coming to us. Really looking forward to this. But we also got to talk about the films. This is another piece. This is becoming a very intricate puzzle that Kevin Feige is assembling here across both the Disney Plus platform and in theater. The theater is the basis for the MCU. We've got 23, 24 films now. 23 films mm-hmm. or 24 films? I can't remember what uh, that. I think
1: 23.
0: 23 24, films. 24, and... 25. We're just expanding from there. We got the Phase Four slate announced at San Diego this year, and we got some more insight into what some of those films could look like, as well as Black Panther Two. So we have a release date, May sixth, twenty twenty-two. Kugler coming back. He was out on stage with Kevin Feige to announce the date of this exciting sequel to the to one of the second highest-grossing domestic MCU film. I'm super stoked about this. Really, no insights. No colon king versus king or anything like that so we don't really know what this is going to be about but we knew it was coming it had to come it's exciting though that we now have it confirmed for that covenant may release date for marvel films dudes black panther 2 we knew it was coming so to me that hype is just the confirmation of it let's see what's next 2022 a couple years out yeah we have to wait a little bit longer than i thought for a black panther sequel but nonetheless exciting news eh
2: yeah, no, it's it's dope all around. we got Coogler coming back, which is huge. Uh, maybe we'll get a Michael B appearance, hopefully. But um, biggest thing for me, man, I think they should have stuck to the February slate. I think mm, they owned yeah. it. I think they should have made that their own and, and stick it out with February. Because February, there's no one really to compete with. I mean, we don't know cause now. But generally, there's nothing coming out in the February. It worked well for Deadpool. It worked wonders, obviously, for Black Panther. And I think that's something they should have kept the stamp on, to be honest. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there's a release date that precedes this in the Marvel unannounced Mm -hmm. two dates now in 2022 that isn't around that February time frame. So I don't know what can slide in there, but they've basically put this in the Avengers slot for the 2022 release date. Mm -hmm. So that goes to say a lot about what they feel this film is going to be as far as box office. Yeah, I'm
1: already calling it for the box office 2022 draft. So... (laughs) yeah
0: well we'll see about that got some work to do (laughs) to get up to that number one pick (laughs) yeah (laughs) and some of some of the more depressing news now we talked about this in quite a bit of detail last week we've got a bit more insight though into the divorce of spider-man from the mcu it seems that both feige and tom holland they've put bookends on this very difficult story kind of depressing story of Spider-Man now departing the MCU because Sony and Disney could not come to terms as far as this shared IP agreement that they've had over the past, what, three, four years? Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so Tom Holland spoke out and said that he is Spider-Man. He's going to continue to play Spider-Man. And he noted that the hero's future on screen will be very different. And so acknowledging outright that they're going to have to go in a completely different direction because they can't use really any of the story threads that they see did in far from home, that they see it in homecoming or any of the Avengers game. Can't talk about the blip, Thanos, nothing. So it's going to be, going to be difficult for them. And then Kevin Feige on the other end of this thing, two end of the spectrum said it was a dream that he never thought would happen. It was never meant to last forever. And he's very thankful for that. And he told the story that he wanted to tell to me, that is him being very positive, on a situation that is relatively negative, you know, Phantom has not taken this very well. And Feige stating that they told the story that they wanted to tell. I don't know if there's a ton of truth to that. They left a lot of dangling threads and they set him <laughs> up as essentially the next iron man. Yeah. <laughs> to me, there was no conclusion yeah. to the Spider-Man story. It was, if anything, yeah. it was the, the, almost the emergence and rebeginning of a next set of Spider-Man films that they're bleeding into from far from home sanjay you're not in your head what do you think about <laughs> feige and tom Holland coming out here and putting like i said bookends on this discussion
1: the, the divorce is never easy when <laughs> the actor leaves the studio <laughs> okay uh, i'm a veteran of this uh, stuff i've, I've yeah. been through it i've seen it but regarding tom Holland and spider-man um on one hand you know i think they'll figure something out and i think they'll figure something out for but I think Sony's just going to kind of take Spider-Man and do their own thing for his solo films and then loan them out to Avengers. Cause it's a, an amazing marketing ploy. Oh, yeah. Take our character, put him in a $3 billion movie and then we make our own with them and make all the money. And Disney would probably be okay with it because well, it'll boost Avengers. Right. And they don't have to pay anything to use his rights. Um, and it's kind of cool, too, because, you know, Spider-Man, see him interacting with Venom, interacting with Woody Harrelson as Carnage. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how that how that goes down. You know, Morbius' film's coming out, Craven the Hunter. So I, I'm curious to see how it, how it works. But, uh, man, Spider-Man and Venom, let's do it right this time.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Kind It's still very disappointing for me and, and Troy, yeah. man. This has got to hit you pretty hard.
2: Oh, it's brutal. This is crushing me still. You know, I'm a, a little... A little bit optimistic still. I still remain that you know they'll work something out. Um, I don't know if the deal would work necessarily that way because then you would still need Kevin Feige and somebody controlling Spider-Man regardless, right? So Spider Man going to really? go hang around with Venom. Then you still need the MCU to say when and what this, how this happened, because it'd still have mm-hmm. to work within the MCU. But really? um yeah, man, it's crushing. It's it's just like um San Diego Comic Con again, all over with, with Ben Affleck when he came out being like, No, I mm-hmm. love being Batman, I love being Batman, and it's like well you're not Batman anymore, you're out (laughs) and I I know Tom Holland says he's going to be Spider-Man and I'm I'm sure he will be, I mean they have a great relationship between him and Sony Um, yeah it's just crushing man because like you mentioned Tim the story that they said they've succeeded in telling isn't necessarily true because we have so much, matter of fact we've just finally gotten Spider-Man to be who he needs to be independent in in the MCU Mm -hmm. and we just got that push, I was looking forward to the college years of Peter because that's his best years and Again, we don't get Peter coming out of high school, really. We haven't been able to conclude his story. But I I think, you know, maybe we will get a um, a Spider-Man 3 that won't really tie itself too close to Venom, but not too close to the MCU, just in case it leaves that wiggle room. And Venom still has his own carnage to fight that I don't think they need to rush putting Spider-Man in there. And Venom did fine without Spider-Man. So Mm -hmm. I think if Sony's kind of smart, they'll just kind of, you know, play by ear for a little bit there before they commit too strong to having spidey interact with a was it a craven movie they ever had going on or yeah. no, black and black and silver something and like uh, that, yeah. something <laughs> like that so yeah I don't, know. I don't know i mean i guess we're gonna get the friendly neighborhood spider-man for the next movie it's gonna be very street level at me peter like his core group we're obviously not gonna get many talks or any talks of mcu stuff it'll just be a very core related yeah. spider-man film which is fine mm-hmm.
0: It's fine, yeah, but they have to go completely back to the drawing board because all the the description of how he got a suit, where he gets his suits now, how how he does everything, how he communicates, Mm -hmm. how his relationship with everything is fundamentally tied to the MCU. So it's going to be so hard to rebuild that and ignore everything short of starting over.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's... um... It's crazy because the cliffhanger they left us off with in Far From Home is something else. But I feel like now we're going to get like a more independent Spider-Man who's going to have to handle this whole situation on his own without a Happy, without a Tony, without anybody. It'll just be himself and his his best buddy, Ned, a.k.a. Genki. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer still. I mean, I I really feel like I just wish we kind of waited or they could have waited till after the next one Mm was resolved at least. Yeah, But uh, yes, Spider-Man 3 is just cursed all around. Every Spider-Man 3rd film is just a curse. It's crazy. Either it doesn't happen or it happens and it's like, ooh, ooh, that
0: shouldn't have happened. (laughs) Now, (laughs) on to another film that I know you both are extremely excited about. Most anticipated, I believe (laughs) both of you said... And that is the yep. Eternals.
1: <laughs> Eternally excited.
0: Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So this is this is something that we've discussed in a bit of detail before. It is a very cosmic end of the MCU. I'm kind of digging the idea of this. I read through the comic book by Neil Gaiman, and it's okay. I wouldn't say it's stellar. I'm super intrigued as to what they're going to do here. But we got our first look. You know, they marched out of the cast at San Diego, and now they've got them concept arted here that they showed and the suits, I don't know about the suits. It's going to be interesting to see. This is concept art, and we know how concept art can change into something very different on screen. But I've got a real Inhumans vibe off this concept art. I don't know how you guys are feeling about this, Troy. I know <laughs> we're talking about this in the DM in the background. Yeah. No, no one was really feeling this concept art. Would it, would, like any, any change?
2: No. No, it's... Uh... <laughs> my expectations are probably (laughs) lower than in humans the production probably looks better because the concept art here looks better than in humans minus the um the peter pan uh and the lost boys look going on there it it just looks like peter pan in the middle there but um besides that i mean i'm just i'm just not big on this man um i've never been a big eternals guy but i'll give it a chance obviously for sure yeah the cast looks great um, Kid Kid Harrington from Game of Thrones is coming in, which is cool, but he's As playing Black Knight. Uh, Black Knight, which is interesting, mixed with Black Knight and the Eternals. I felt like he could have been a cool Wolverine. I felt like we really yeah. could have used that character for a bigger role than mm-hmm. the Black Knight, because Marvel's been pushing him for a while now, and nobody cares for the Black Knight. They just, they just don't. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how this goes. I'm not really feeling it, to be honest.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you, Troy. Like. I'm sure when it comes out, it'll be decent because no MCU film hasn't at least been decent. Right. Um, The cast is amazing. You know, it's got some cool stuff. It could be some like celestial stuff, some like time stuff. Yeah. But to me, it just kind of feels like. How do I put this? It kind of feels like, okay, this feels like New God's light. Like, you know, like when you go to the grocery store and then you get like cheese and then there's like cheese light. But you're like, yeah, but I'm just gonna go with the regular cheese because it tastes better, you know.
2: You, you don't get the cheese light, right? This is like the president's choice. Yeah, you want well, the, not you want even the Real Coca Cola.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, this is like Buzz Cola or something. I don't <laughs> even know. Like New Gods is just so like revered, and it's like Jack Kirby. He wanted to do New Gods. Marvel said, Nah, man. And so he went to DC, did it, and then he came back to Marvel, and then he like did something else, and then this was the Eternals, and it just kind of feels like. Disney's kind of doing this because, like, New Gods is coming out, and this is going to come out first. So now everyone, when they see New Gods, are going to be like, "Oh, this is DC's Eternals." It's going to drive <laughs> me bonkers. It's, it's literally <laughs> going to drive me bonkers. But uh, yeah, this is what it feels like. It feels like just Disney just flexing their muscle, being like, "All right, you got New Gods coming out. We'll we'll put out Jack Kirby presents the Eternals."
2: Huh.
0: You know, it's it's interesting you say that because I'm not sure if it's as much. Again, kind of the forever apologist here as much of them (laughs) trying to take the wind out of new gods coming as much as it is them trying to replicate some of that guardian sort of success is you take Mm -hmm. someone, something cosmic, something obscure, a, an ensemble cast and drive a new franchise, right? They're always looking for new franchises. So they got to test the waters with this obscure content, right? Digging, we're digging pretty deep in the comic books here. Like going back to 2008, if you had said that we would have finished Endgame, this massive 23 story narrative, and then we're going to kick it off with Shang-Chi and Eternals. Yeah. Like, that's, that seems absolutely insane. Even 10 years ago, even five years ago, that sounds insane. You don't move away from that core, really earth based characters, but when I look at this, I see a lot of potential when you're talking about Celestials when we're talking about really this wacky cosmic stuff, even beyond the guardians. I think that if it's executed correctly, if it has the right story and if it carries the right tone to it, you know, there's some comedic actors in here. There's some serious actors in here. So you're going to be walking mm-hmm. that fine line, that MCU sort of movie style But they really have to dig deep into this and make it accessible to a wide audience. This can't be a niche thing. This can't be a Tim thing. This has to be a gross (laughs) MCU. Everyone that went and saw Endgame wants to come and see this style of stuff. So this for me, I agree with you guys fully that this ain't doing it for me. But I'm going to hang my hat on the idea that they can do something quite unique here and that's what's driving my and piquing my interest in this. But yeah, this, this isn't doing done a whole lot for them right yet. <laughs>
1: yeah. It just seems like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about the comic book characters. I've never read an internals book, but I've never even seen anyone that has like, at least with guardians, you were kind of into it a little bit too. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I kind of heard of the characters a little bit. And then um, with this, I'd say it's
0: extremely niche sort of sort of reading. Like, they did the update in 2006, but mm-hmm. since then, I'm not sure how much comic book time they've actually had, if any. Um There's probably right. mentions yeah. here and there with big events. Um,
2: well, I think we the saw w- them in... Uh, did they pop up there in Infinity Wars? Didn't one of them pop up? Yeah, Infinity one of them popped Wars. up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. okay. yeah. But,
1: like, is it really wise to spend $250 million on a niche product like this? Like, I'm sure it'll make back its budget but it this is a this is a gamble like this is marvel's biggest gamble. gamble just the same way that yeah. guardians
0: was a gamble right guardians the same way was, yeah. a gamble. like yeah these are oh, obs- true. yeah they're yeah. obscure properties that if mm-hmm. they work then hell you get a trilogy out of this you've got a great cast and you've got another franchise yeah. to hang your hat on in the mcu and like mm-hmm. if you look at phase four it's really about new beginnings more than anything like all these these right. films are all over the place like this isn't your cap iron man thor avengers sort of mm-hmm. slate right with maybe one little risk in there this is this is not phase 2 or phase 3 this is something completely different and mm-hmm. some of these may may be just okay they may be the ant-mans if you will of phase 2 that it was good <laughs> but it wasn't something that broke the box office and it wasn't something that you know dramatically changed the genre but it gave us Paul Rudd it gave mm-hmm. us Ant-Man that became an amazing character in the MCU and became right. a pivotal character in Endgame
2: think. so right.
0: yeah. I think it's we have to just wait and see on this one what do but, you think
2: we do going forward I mean um with the slate you know because we're missing the big the big big heavy hitters what do you think we do if this kind of crashes and say we get a bunch of Ant-Man 2's not like Ant-Man is horrible but say we just get a lot of movies received on that same level going forward with the phase four. What do you think Marvel does really? Can you bring oh. back Cap? Can you bring back a Iron Man, you know? I mean, Thor we ah. got at least,
1: you know? Yeah. I guess. Uh, they must have a plan B. Like, yeah. I guess I assume it won't just like MCU is like white hot right now, right? Like you can't even touch it. So they could put out like a one hour movie about like, I'm trying to think of their worst character. Like they could put, I don't even know.
2: But, you never know, Star Wars thought that way once too exactly. right Exactly I've seen the same thing is that that yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that whole franchise was mm-hmm. thought that there's nothing could go wrong with it ever you put Star Wars on anything it will sell forever Yeah and yeah. we've seen how that franchise has had to take a real step back and a real rethink as to yeah. how it conducts itself in this rabid fandom and mm-hmm. Yeah a couple bad films and you could see people being like not my MCU. I'm Phase One <laughs> through Phase Three. Yeah. That's me. Endgame yeah. is where I end. None of this stuff oh, is yeah. mine anymore. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, like it, it could go that, that with way. The or, OG it's trilogy, Star. right? Yeah. <laughs> like just like that. But you're talking <laughs> about Bonkers. backup plans. It's you're pulling the characters that people are familiar with back into the film universe. You're pulling Falcon, Winter Soldier, all these characters back into film, and you're well. doing more of your niche stuff on Disney Plus stuff that right, you could do right. you know unrealistically, realistically maybe you could have swapped around falcon the winter soldier and eternals but i think it's cool we're gonna get six hours of of that story as opposed to two and a half um yeah. so there's gonna be maybe some rebalancing in phase five and maybe that's why they've only got that far right let's see how these first few films go and we'll see if we have to pull the shoot and start bringing in the hulk right and other characters right. that we don't know much about here in phase four right well
1: well, they have a nice bargaining chip. If uh, Phase Four fails, they have Fantastic Four and X-Men. So exactly, If yeah. Fantas- if Phase Four fails, they just push those along quicker and get those out.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, speaking of a film that people are stoked about in the MCU, Black Widow. Holy man, this film has got. Yes. To me, it's gone from a a sequel or prequel, story that no one really thought we needed, to the most anticipated Phase Four film outside of maybe Thor. Love and Thunder. They showed us a new poster. We've got Mm -hmm. concept art that builds on what we saw. Now, there was footage shown. We don't know too much about it. I saw about four seconds of it. Uh, It looks hard-hitting. It's dark. It looks fantastic. On this poster, we've got the first look at David Harbour's Red Guardian, bearded with the mask on. This is the Russian version of Captain America. The white suit the suit, the black suit, the widow suit. This is comic accurate that we're seeing mm-hmm. on the poster here. Troy, I know you were oh. losing your brain about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, elaborate a bit. Oof.
2: Oh, I love this look right here. This just hits me on another level. You know, I didn't know what to expect with this film, and I still don't necessarily do. But just coming off this concept art and the poster, oh, give it to me right now. Like, yeah, Red Guardian looks fantastic in the background. Um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow outfit, you mentioned it. Comic accurate to the T with the gold buckle, the gold cuffs. I love it. And then to top it off, they give us the white suit, which just yes. looks so cool this she kind of has like the tomb raider laura Cross pose going on there oh,
1: yeah yeah this, this does nothing but uh hype hype me up you know um but i have some issues number one she's called black widow she's wearing a white suit so that's a fail <laughs>
0: it's, <unjust.
1: laughs> it's not called white widow right like doesn't make any sense maybe she but used to be i get the white suit maybe it's because it takes place in like up north and it's snowy, so that's gonna be cool. So you add espionage, you add MCU, yeah. you add spy, and you add a snowy environment.
2: Oh, you're oh, like, solid action going on here, man. Whoa. Right. Like
1: this movie's gonna be huge. I, I yeah. can't wait. Um Black Widow. Oh man, like this this film, you know, I I really think this is gonna be like phases fo- phase four phase four's winter soldier. Like I really yeah. think this is gonna be We look back and we're going to say, you know, this one here, this one here, they knocked out of the park. And I think it'll be more serious in tone, like just judging by the content and Black Widow's character. I I don't think you'll see like Black Widow dropping quotes or like quips when like, it's like, oh, he didn't like, oh, like his neck snaps. And then she makes some sort of quip like break neck speed or something like that, you know, like (laughs) nothing, none of that,
2: none of that. Hashtag break your neck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is... This between Civil War? Sorry, is this after Civil War? Just after yeah, Civil after War. Yeah,
0: after Civil War, yeah.
2: Just after, yeah. I'm yeah, excited, Yeah, when she kind of goes out on her own there for a bit, I would imagine. Yeah.
0: So, man, I tell Love you, the, the MCU reveals here, like I said at the top, I was not expecting really anything from D23 because they they seem like that they, they burned all their powder there at San Diego Comic-Con, but this concept art they were getting for a lot of these shows for Black Widow, the announcement of Black Panther 2, all these new shows... MCU continues to fire on and just capture every piece of me. You know, I'm so invested in the MCU and what's to come Disney plus day one. Yeah. We're not getting any MCU content, but it's going to come out as fast and furious into early 2020 there. And then the films, holy man, this this is something else, but I think, I think it's time we switch gears here, guys. And we got, we got to swap over to star Wars at D 23 Now Sanjay, you're yawning over there. We got a lot to talk about still here. (laughs) And No, I was not
1: yawning, I was silently yelling.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Wookiee yell, right?
1: (laughs) That was my Chewbacca. That's the mine.
0: (laughs) Now now Wars has had a very minimal presence in the news since really the end of kind of the turmoil of Solo and The Last Jedi. Fandom kind of exploded. And for us, even as collectors, it's been really slow. I've pulled back from my fandom a little bit here. And this weekend, for me, it really needed to serve as the kickoff to the rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian campaigns. And at first, I didn't think they were going to go there. But holy man, did they go there. Spread over the two days again, similar to the MCU we got the Disney plus reveals as well as when they did the Disney studio stuff, they gave us this sizzle reel, which was eventually released to the public. Now that came out on Saturday. It didn't hit public eyes until Monday. I didn't think they're going to do that, but man, am I ecstatic that they did a galaxy far, far away has kind of been reinvigorated in me just because of this weekend. They accomplished what they needed to do, at least from my perspective. Now, Troy, did did it capture you? Did it recapture you in the same way it recaptured me with what they revealed to everything from the Clone Wars to the Mandalorian trailer, Obi-Wan being confirmed, we spoke in detail about that last week, and this Rise of Skywalker trailer. How are you about feeling about Star Wars post D23?
2: Oh, this is this is what I needed. You know, I needed this coming off of celebration to be honest. The trailer had me on a real big high, but this to me feels way bigger than celebration. What just happened here? Um Obi Wan Kenobi, we touched on it a little bit. I'm so glad, so grateful we got that series coming. Like at last, man, we've been all wanting this since 2005. Um, the Mandalorian trailer, like, come on, that looks like a movie. This, yeah, the the mm-hmm. quality behind it mm-hmm. is, the cinematography is bananas. And it's cool that Disney's showing us that, yes, this is on Disney Plus, this is a Disney show. But we're gonna go a little a little dark here. Like kids aren't gonna be necessarily watching this because we do see that shot when the Mandalorian shoots the door and it slices the guy.
0: Yeah,
2: that was awesome. Like that to me is like okay, cool. We're in good hands. Like a Moon Knight could work on this uh, this service if they're doing stuff like that. Um, and of course, the the trailer that we got. Oof, we're gonna get into the details,
0: of.
2: but oof. oh, that was fantastic. Um, other news. What what was the other big? Big. Well, Clone Wars. We're getting uh, season yeah. season seven, obviously, which is, which is fantastic. But for me, my biggest takeaways it's the big three: it's the Obi Wan, it's the Mandalorian, it's the Rise of Skywalker. I'm back. I'm in. I'm you in know. this world again. Here we go. Oh. Is the
0: is the hype train yeah. caught
2: you too, Sonny?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was actually the first one to see the sizzle reel. I was sending you Star Wars yes, stuff for a change. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's a bizarre world.
0: Yeah, we we're talking <laughs> in the background on the DM, and uh, Troy was sending us images of the Ray. Double lightsaber yeah. thing from you're yeah. grabbing it off of the screen grabs and you're like, oh, here's the trailer here. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs>
1: yeah. I felt like a hero that moment. You were. Uh, oh, thank you. Oh man, like I just watched the Mandalorian trailer before we started filming, and man, this this TV show it, it gives me vibes of Predator. Like he's this hunter and he's got the stormtrooper helmets on like spikes. so cool Uh, you mentioned like the darker darker side of things troy like this definitely fits on that like they announced there'll be no r-rated content which is too bad because this would be so amazing if this was r-rated but it's still going to be super amazing i'm so there i want to see it opening day like and this this comes out opening day will be on the platform episodic too
0: so they're not they're doing week by week they're not doing the binge worthy stuff i like it i like that though yeah Yeah, i like that too yeah I agree. Yeah. It doesn't I don't have to feel like I have to sit down for fifteen hours and watch this. Because another big thing is it takes away the ability for people to spoil it on Twitter and all that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you don't get right to the end, if it takes you a week or two to get to the end and someone has binged through it and there's people are spoiling it or talking about it openly, maybe not even on purpose. So I, I do like that that idea of it. And I, I take away the same thing as you guys. There is a lot of fantastic announcements here. More than I thought we're gonna get. And just it's just the confirmation of things too, like Clone Wars Season 7 coming February to the Disney Plus platform. Um, I'm not a big Clone Wars guy, but I'm going to be tuning into this. And mm, this the idea so that good. it's concluding that story that, that Filoni and George Lucas started together. you know, That's a direct quote yeah. from Dave Filoni. So that is extremely um, exciting that we've got that announcement of the Clone Wars coming. Now, one of the things before we get into a bit more detail on these trailers and talk just briefly about Obi-Wan is that... Similar to what the MCU does with their slated films, they put this nice graphic up and they did the same thing for Lucasfilm for Star Wars here. And my goodness, is it a mess? (laughs) (laughs) It is all over the place. They've kind of got this timeline and they've got just the, the graphics. It just doesn't see. It looks like something that's fan made, to be honest with you. Uh, But the one thing that it did do is it's got notches on it with dates. So this is officially confirming the time spans between individual films, TV shows, animated shows. And so for me, it does that. And there was a DeviantArt that was put out there that kind of put this into a vertical graphic that looked a lot better. But the highlights for me and them just revealing a timeline is that it looks like the Obi-Wan series – that starts filming in 2020 here is going to be seven years after Return of, or Revenge of the Sith, sorry. So that puts us in a time frame that isn't quite halfway to A New Hope, that 18, 19 year gap that we get between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. This puts Obi-Wan in a time frame where he could potentially be leaving or going off world or doing something that isn't fully dependent on him being even old or aged up the same fashion that we get alec guinness there's a bit more leeway i think with doing it only seven years after revenge of the sith return not revenge of the sith yeah revenge of the sith sorry sanjay's making all these faces and screwing me up here (laughs) (laughs) but um it was it was great to see them confirm this obi-wan kenobi series ewan mcgregor walked out on stage and he just asked kathleen kennedy can you please ask me to play obi-wan kenobi one more time and it was with a resounding yes that Ewan McGregor confirmed this. I feel like he's been walking around with this weight on his shoulder for literally years, and now he <laughs> finally gets to talk about it openly. This was a fantastic moment. We detailed it quite a bit last week because we had heard the rumors. Deadline had really broke this story, but it was nice to see this confirmed. Now, they're talking about the starting filming in, I believe, 2020, so we could see this towards the end of 2020 into early 2021. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Troy. Whoa. I got I got to hear like we, we touched on this last week so we won't go into too much detail but now having that confirmation in front of you does this build the hype even more
2: oh absolutely it does it it just makes it more concrete because we've been hearing whispers for so long now that we are going to get this show or movie but uh here you know it Greer come out there with Kathleen Kennedy and say yes you know, was was awesome. It just warmed my heart up. And it, it got me on that wave, that train of Star Wars high again. You know, I'm looking at my hot toy Obi-Wan a little bit more now these days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm stoked. I'm so, so happy. You know, even if they left this whole panel, this whole weekend, just with that announcement, I, I'd be the happiest guy in the world. So the fact that we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi story, legit, it's seven or eight years, seven years after The um, Avengers of the Sith. I can't wait to see the stories that we're going to go through, the journey that Obi-Wan's going to go on. Ah, I'm all in, man. All in.
0: Yeah, I'm super stoked about this. Sanjay, any thoughts on Obi-Wan? Yeah. Well, I have one thought. Um, so with the
1: Disney theme parks, talking about Obi-Wan, if they don't have a coffee shop in the Galaxy's Edge called the High Ground, then I don't know what they're doing because that is a missed opportunity. Like, they go. need to have that.
2: Learning well, club genius. Obi-Wan. Because isn't there it? a cl- Club Obi-Wan in uh, Indiana Jones? Yes, there is. Is there? So, yeah. so we need a Club Obi-Wan and we need the high ground coffee bar.
1: Right? I yeah. mean, that's just genius. <laughs> Why He's is Disney a not great hiring idea, me for marketing? <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan, yeah, and McGregor, you know, he can act, he can sing, he can dance, he can do it all. He can steal your heart and he can steal your girl's heart and you're not even mad at the guy. You're just like, yeah, man, I Tell it's feel Anakin. That. He wasn't
2: too pleased. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. yeah very very
0: exciting and the other series yeah. that was talked about in not nearly any detail was the Cassian Andor series this was announced last November I believe so almost a year ago it's slated oh. to begin filming towards the end of this year and into 2020 um going by that timeline it's set about four years before our new hope and rogue one so right in the midst of rebels which will be Ooh. interesting to see if they integrate any of those characters you saw guerrera's your Ghost Crew, Harrison Dua, who knows? Right. Fulcrum type of story. The spy thriller almost. And we've got Diego Luna, of course, returning as Cassianander, as well as Alan Tudyk's K2SO. So Ooh. there's going to, again, be quite a bit of money being dumped in this because that K2SO has to look the exact same as it looked in Rogue One. <laughs> Maybe polished up a <laughs> bit more, but they can't stray too far from that to make people believe that this is a, continu- or a continuation of that story or at least a prequel to that story mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. one question i gotta ask you guys about all these shows and, and star wars in general before we jump into the mandalorian and rise of skywalker trailers here is that we look at marvel the way they laid everything out it's sequential for the most part one thing happens after another as they're released this is all over the place you yeah. go from the Clone Wars to Obi-Wan to Cassian, then we jump way in the future to the Mandalorian and then even further into the future into Resistance season 2, The Rise of Skywalker. What what do you guys how do you feel about Star Wars jumping around the timeline? Does it bother you or are we just or am I just so used to the way that storytelling is done in the MCU that that just feels more natural to me this feels like I have to almost pause and think about things you have to think about okay I'm sitting down Obi-Wan my reference points are Revenge of the Sith and Solo I'm sitting to watch the Mandalorian reference points are Return of the Jedi and maybe The Force Awakens does that reference point or that changing reference point that sliding scale does that bother you at all or are you kind of just immune to it it doesn't really it's not something you really think of it's just something you consume it's Star Wars I love it Troy, how do you feel about the way that that this is being laid out in front of us, about jumping around the timeline here? Uh,
2: I'm not bothered by it at all. I mean, I'm pretty used to it. I feel – I don't know necessarily if Star Wars has trained the whole audience that way, but I've been pretty used to it since the prequel era of the the jumping around points and even going further back to the Old Republic, a nice little Republic, and then we got – um, was it The Force Unleashed, like all, all these different timelines. So it's, I've been jumping all over the place for quite some time that it doesn't really bother me. And I'm sure, too, even with uh, Extended Universe readers, too, out there, they must be yeah, used true. to it as well. So it doesn't necessarily bother me. I, I, I really do hope that with Cassian and Obi-Wan Kenobi that we are putting the final door on or the final chapter on the whole 18-year, um, eight 20-year year gap between episodes three and five or three and four. I feel like we need to move from that. I mean, if you're not going to give us like a a Darth Vader kind of, well, I guess they've given us tons of Darth Vader, right? I mean, so the only thing you could really do is start doing adaptations of like the books. But apart from that, I feel like we need to get past that. And uh, I don't want to sound like I want more, but I mean, if you were to go to any other era, I, I would say in Star Wars, it would have to be between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I feel like that's a whole era that hasn't been touched on at all except I think maybe in a little bit of the comics as of recently, I think they're kind of getting there. Yeah. But, um, apart from that, uh, no jumping all over the place. Doesn't really bother me too much. Not nice. at all.
0: Sonny, yeah. how about you? You, again, being the relatively, I wouldn't even say new anymore to the universe. No, I'm a veteran. You're quite well entrenched in it now. Does the, the way that the stories are being told, do you think that, does that work for you? And do, do you think it works for sort of that wider audience that we're jumping around so much?
1: I don't see a problem with the jumping around. I do see a problem potentially with the amount of content we are getting. I could see some people being not the hardcore fans uh, and like the diehard Star Wars fans, but just like the casual Star Wars fans um, that like say like, oh, I don't know what to watch, but oh, Star Wars is playing. I guess I'll go see it. Those fans maybe like feel a little burnt out just because we are getting so much content condensed in such a short period of time compared to the entire history of Star Wars. You know, it's not like three films every decade kind of thing. Now it's like three films and a TV series and all this stuff. And I guess like uh, the cartoons have always been there, but this is like live action. So this is like a whole new kettle of fish. So that I am potentially a little bit concerned about. Um, But in regards to Disney plus, it's not like this is a box office thing, right? No. So I guess when you look at it that way, like we won't even know if, if people are tuning in or not. I don't unless Disney releases the numbers, Definitely. like Netflix does selectively. But uh, so that way, I might be a little bit concerned. But I don't even think it matters because this is Disney Plus, so it's not like the box office returns are going to be affected. Um, it would be cool if they showed some of these on the big screen, like as specials, like maybe like the first episode or something. Oh, like, like that. I like yeah, that. yeah. yeah.
0: Very cool, yeah. So I just don't want to put out there because I agree with you guys that for me it doesn't bother me but your your point about the amount of content even spanning across this whole platform, some of this stuff could go the way of the Netflix series which was hot mm-hmm. at the start but then it just kind of waned off. Like I never yeah. watched yeah. Jessica Jones season two or Luke Cage season two or anything like that. So it's I don't want to see that happen but we'll see. This should be spread out far enough. You know, The Mandalorian is mm-hmm. going to drop here. And that's when we get into the trailer here on November 12th. And we probably won't see the Obi-Wan series or Cassian until sometime well into 2020 and even into 2021. So one series a year, six episodes or so, fairly consumable, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. But guys,
0: let, let's mm-hmm. get into this Mandalorian talk here. Mm. This is uh, a show, the first, live, the first live action Star Wars show ever. And it's the first real live-action story being told right after Return of the Jedi and well before The Force Awakens, filling in this timeline. And we've gotten a lot of information, probably more information about this than really anything at Celebration. There was that trailer that was showed that we never really were supposed to see, but we all saw it. It was kind of highlighted just for the people at Celebration. This brings a really interesting tone to Star Wars. It's going back to this worn universe, but they're kind of throwing in this Western vibe, a real tone back to Solo or Rogue One, a bit darker, a bit more gritty. And maybe leaning a bit more on that adult content, even though Dave Filoni himself said that you can watch this with your family. The trailer doesn't really speak to me in that same way but how, how you guys feeling this high level thoughts on the Mandalorian after watching this trailer, we'll walk through some of the key points in here in a minute, but everything from the score to me, just, just really worked and everything, all the action sequence we're seeing, and I'm assuming this is probably from the first two episodes. Um, we're seeing mm-hmm. the most of this trailer cut from, but Troy, how are you feeling about the Mandalorian here?
2: Oh, I, I'm heated, man. I, I love what they did here. First of all, I got to say, you know, first thing coming into w- work this week, uh, Everybody was talking about Star Wars and I was like, guys, that trailer, that was nuts. And they were all like, Yeah, that trailer was great, thinking they're talking episode nine. They didn't even know no. about the episode nine trailer. They were all <laughs> talking about the Mandalorian. It was it was crazy. So look out Mandalorian. This thing is gonna be catching waves. Um going into the trailer, man, you know, Sunny, you mentioned it with the uh, the stormtrooper helmets, the classic mm-hmm. stormtrooper helmets, oh, which yeah. is cool. You know, maybe it's the Ewoks that did that. Who knows? But, um, (laughs) no, it's reminiscent of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just I love the tone that they set. I felt like this is an adult-like Star Wars show that uh, we can all just dive deep into. The quality, though, man, the cinematography, it was just it was even on another level from Game of Thrones. For television, this was unseen, in my opinion, at least. I can't believe how great it looks. Really cool to see like this whole bounty hunter aspect. He has like zero dialogue. It's very like Judge Dread like yes. too. You know. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, I, I can't wait, man. This is um, this is cool. You know the mystery like the of of the character like who is he? Who's under that helmet? Could he be somebody that we've seen on film already? Like down the line in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, like. Who knows? Maybe he's just a nobody. He's just the Mandalorian. But either way, I'm totally invested. And um yeah, day one purchase, obviously. D plus it's going down. Love it. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah it is. You catch on that vibe, Sonny. Now you just yeah. watched the trailer before we started recording. And mm-hmm. so you're fresh off of one watch. did he yeah. catch you though.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this thing is top-notch. Like everything about it is top quality. Um, from the scenery, from the cinematics, uh, from the score, as Troy mentioned, everything about this. It's got that like, that like epicness that I love about Star Wars. So uh, I'm there day one. This this looks fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that about it being epic. And Troy, again, you touching on the point of it feeling extremely cinematic. And I don't think any of the stuff on Disney Plus is going to be anything less than that. We're no. not going to get an Agents of Shield type of MCU storytelling. This here. Now, it is going to be one of the flagship TV shows for Disney+, and so they have to put their best foot forward on this. But I, I agree. This this feels like a Star Wars film trailer. Nothing less. Yeah. And yeah. you guys hit all the points. Like The tone of this really works for me. The action that we're seeing here, everything from Taika Waititi's IG-88 to yeah. Pedro Pascal's The Mandalorian, it's all looking very well choreographed. They've put the funds into it, and it just it just gives a – like we've been talking about the idea that Star Wars needs to evolve past what it is. And mm-hmm. this is doing – this is a nice – again, another nice first step, the same way Rogue One took a step, I think. You know, Rogue One was heavily tied to Star Wars A New Hope. But to me, it was a step in a different direction. The same way Solo did it a little bit. But this, again, Mm -hmm. is another big leap where they have underpinned it with the whole basis of that universe in Star Wars, but then they're doing something completely different. And with Favreau and Filoni at the helm here and some fantastic directors contributing, including Taika Waititi, I think this has the potential to really change the game and do something different in star wars that thing that we've been craving Um, yes you know walking through this trailer you know from the start like you guys mentioned we've got the stormtroopers giving us that that end of the empire vibe yeah and the the emergence of a new type of order in the galaxy you know i i love this the the suit in itself now correct me if i'm wrong but when i watched this the suit looked a lot more colorful in these first few shots. Like there's reds and greens on it that didn't seem to be the case when you look at some of the first photos that we got. It looked more brown. Like I got a lot Mm -hmm. more reminiscence of that original holiday special Boba Fett costume. (laughs) The one that they just had the six inch series figure of. Seriously, it looks like more colorful than I was expecting. And I absolutely love that. We've got great shots here of Gina Carrera's Cara Dune. We've got Carl Weathers as uh, Cargill or Carga or Gil Carga or something like that.
1: Paul Creed.
0: Yeah, Paul yeah. Creed himself. We've got uh, Nick Nolte in here. He's that kind of monkey-looking character riding on, I'm not sure what type of uh, creature that is. But- Hulk's dad. Hulk's dad, there you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's they just give us these snippets. Like you said, there's no dialogue in here with yeah. the exception of the line that bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a trailer of pure action, tone set by music. Um, you gotta love this. Uh, what's his name from uh, Breaking Bad? Uh, oh, Gus, the Chicken name. Man. Yeah, Chicken yeah. Man. He's a yeah. uh, he's a guy named Moff Gideon. Um, so he's a Moff, former Moff of the Empire. He's flanked by Death Troopers. Come on, Death Troopers! I love oh, when they make appearances so here. Cool. Yeah, oh, this the whole. The whole trailer for me is captivating. Yeah, I, I I don't know what how much more I can say. You know, it's <laughs> the fact that we've got Taika Waititi voicing an IG Droid that is doing yeah. some mm-hmm. wild stuff in this trailer. Oh man, I, I tell you, I I don't know if this could have been or captured me more, especially for a TV series. Um, I don't know where my expectations were lying for the Mandalorian, but they've already been exceeded with this trailer. And it's a, it's a simple trailer. Yeah. There's not much to it. It, There's no built in storytelling to the trailer. It's not laying Mm -hmm. out anything in front of us. It's, you know, really no dialogue in it. It's really just, this is going to be a pretty kick-ass action, action TV show, guys. You should probably tune in. Oh yeah. (laughs) Here's all the Star Wars stuff you're going to see. (laughs) <laughs> like it's, it's right. wild. Like, I know yeah. nothing about this show with the exception of the fact that there's some bounty hunter and there's rumors that he's going to be saving some kid and have to make a decision, you know, a la Yondu and Star-Lord or Peter Quill, right? Yeah. Like something <laughs> to, to that degree. But uh, is there anything else you guys want to add to the Mandalorian? We got this beautiful poster too.
2: Oh, Po- poster's fantastic no um it's it's kind of cool that uh, you know because John Favreau was obviously a big fan of Boba Fett so it's cool that he gets to play with this character and IG well not IG 88 but I guess IG 11, 11. yeah but it's kind of cool that he gets to have those two kind of it's essentially like a spiritual successor to those two in 100%. a sense but he's he's doing his own thing but um the person or the the android no the alien the creature that was frozen yeah. Was that, uh, Yo- Ho- what's his name from Rebels and Clone Wars? And he's he's an animatronic at um, the Disney Park. Was that him, frozen? I don't Was think that his species? so. I have to go okay. back and
0: look. I have to go back yeah, and look. I was, I
2: was like, who who is that? Was that somebody, or is it just, you know, a nod to Han Solo being Frozen, obviously, bringing that back? But, I love um, that. Like, frozen and yeah. So it cool. It is great. Well, it, it, there's so much familiarity here, right? It just it has, the, like you mentioned, Rogue One, it has that feel, that lived-in environment of a Star Wars film, of New Hope. You got that, but it's grittier, and mm-hmm. it has a bit of a Western fi- uh, vibe going on. I'm, I'm so excited for this film, Can't, or show. Look at me go. <laughs> this looks like a film. This show. Absolutely, yeah. November 12th.
1: Um, so are we all going to hook up together, bring our PJs, um, cereal?
0: I'm happy, and I, you know, put the word out to, to Carlos to get the boys down for a Mandalorian yeah. party here. I, I'm game. I'll bring my
1: sleeping bag. We'll Enjoy. sleep in the backyard.
0: Yeah, it might be a bit chilly November 12th, but it might be a bit snow on the ground. But, we'll sleep know. in an igloo or something. You can just stay in a bed here in my house, but... No, 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 it won't
1: be authentic, Tim.
0: Well, yeah, that's we're not, it's not in Hoth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting things to come here with Mandalorian. Like Troy said, November 12th, day one and date with a drop of Disney+, Plus, it is going to be the first thing for me. Other than maybe a quick peruse through the platform, this is going to be the first thing I watch for sure. Now, let the hype train continue. We've got Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker here coming in December, guys. This is mm-hmm. the conclusion to the Skywalker saga, conclusion to this nine-film epic telling the story that started really with the original trilogy but was kind of built up from episode one going forward, the story of the Skywalkers, they show no hesitation in saying, even in this film or even in this trailer, that this is the end, guys, the end of this story. And I tell you, this trailer really moved the needle for me. But I will tell you one thing before we get into the trailer that kind of irked me a little bit was the new poster. The bottom half is fantastic. (laughs) The top half, I don't know why they put that in there so you guys have seen it it's the rise of skywalker poster we've got kylo and ray standing toe-to-toe on this big piece of metal the colors look fantastic this looks to be quite an epic battle but then they've got like a rebels-esque cartoon looking emperor in the background what like what is this like is it just me yeah <laughs> no, it, it's it's a weird choice.
2: You, you know, it's funny because right when I saw his poster right away, I was like, cool, that's World Between Worlds. Like, it just has that vibe. But for me, in a good way. But when you really look at uh, Palpatine, it is a little animated, a little CG-like. Um yes. I don't know if they try to make him look a little less scary as opposed to how he looks in Return of the Jedi. But, um, yeah, he looks a little watered down. But, I mean, besides his face fading in the background, I love... The silhouette of Rey and Kylo Ooh, with the, yeah. the blue flashing lightning. Yeah.
0: Whoa. Don't get me wrong. I to me you center that on the poster, and that's yeah. the key focal point. This the, it's yeah. just the Emperor thing. I swear it looks like Rebels season four poster. <laughs> it does. Yeah. does that's vibe, for Sure. <laughs> I don't know, but that that's the only nitpick I'm gonna throw out there. Yeah. Sanjay, you got any any brief comments on that poster? <laughs>
1: uh yeah it's like they asked the people who made the spider-man poster <laughs> to make this one <laughs> it's a bunch of clip art thrown in there's like a random,
0: oh, a, a this random way better than those and... ones those are horrible yeah that's that's sony marketing for you guys that's we have much yeah. more of that to look forward to
2: <laughs>
0: anyways let's just skip into this trailer so it opens interestingly very much like if you guys remember back to i believe it was the second end game trailer where they walk you through kind of the chronological at least far as release date history of that universe you guys remember the iron man thor captain america right. that trailer where they're walking through it's a nice way to remind you of the legacy of this film but also give you a two and a half minute trailer with only about a minute worth of new footage. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the same way Endgame right. did it, right? You tie in old footage to make an impact with the new footage. So that allows you to shorten this trailer, but give you a proper trailer. Like this is in, in really just a teaser. If you look at length of time that they've built into this whole idea of the legacy of the Skywalkers. I love this opening montage. And to me, it's the score and this opening that really struck me at the beginning. This gave me the goosebumps. It had me engaged. It made me feel almost like a kid again. It, it was wild, <sighs> the effect that the front of this trailer had on me. Troy, did you get that same feeling?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. With the voiceover, we had Luke obviously talking, Mark Hamill, right?
0: Yeah, eventually in the trailer, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. As we get towards the latter part into the sequel trilogy stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Did it for yeah. me,
0: man. And Sanjay, yeah. were you feeling the front, the, this idea of of padding out this trailer almost with the legacy of the films of the previous eight films.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, are you kidding me? These films have been going on for like 40 years or 50 years. Like it's crazy. And, uh, it really gave you that connecting feeling like, yeah, this is the end of something important. You know, before this trailer, it just felt like star Wars episode nine.
0: But now it's like,
1: yeah, this is star Wars. The end of the, the saga of all the skywalkers.
0: In, to me this is brilliant marketing because this this mm-hmm. is a shift change i think from what they've done in the past like the original trailer really didn't it kind of did but it not in the same fashion hit on the idea that this is the end of the legacy this is the end of the line for the story this trailer yeah. drove that into your head not mm-hmm. only showing you kind of the build into episode nine you know running through all the films here but just the dialogue that was overprinting on this, right? We've got Luke, like you mentioned, you know, we passed all we know onto you. A thousand generations now live in you, but this is your fight. The, the end, like there's a lot of kind of finality to the way Luke is speaking in there. And this is a very similar dialogue that we got in the first trailer as well. So we haven't really heard any dialogue from this film. It's all no. been r- just relatively short narration by either luke or the emperor because the emperor later <laughs> on here and his exact quote is your journey nears its end so a lot of end finality you know really saying guys this is it this is and to me this is the marketing they need to say wave this flag and say this is the end of this story everyone mm-hmm. needs to come see the end of star wars as we know it that that's Mm -hmm. what they have to play on and for me that's what this trailer did it really hit that home While also giving us a lot of new content to chew on from the rise of skywalker now this what this trailer did for me if you go to what they showed from the force awakens the last jedi and even this this is a visually stunning sequel trilogy like yeah. in like mm-hmm. it's always been next level with star Wars, but these three films are beautiful. And there's some amazing shots in this trailer that we'll get to here in just a second. But the sequel era guys, I tell you, I don't know if I've appreciated it more than I do in this moment. Um, thinking back and just the, the gross story, but just how beautiful it's been constructed visually and the score Mm -hmm. it's all been on point in the sequel trilogy
1: agreed agreed like these are the films that you know even uh the last jedi like even if you didn't dig that film there are scenes in there that are the most beautiful scenes in all star wars you know like moments in that film where you could like put that up on your wall as a painting and then people that come into your house be like oh that's such a cool (laughs) such a cool shot you know what i mean so yeah it's it's been great
0: yeah yeah it's something else now let's talk about some of the new footage here that we get one of the, the it opens really to our group of heroes um we've been told by kathleen kennedy by jj abrams that this is an, a group adventure so we're going to see a lot of this crew together and I'm, I'm really stoked about that but the first thing we see them is, is them coming up on this hill and seeing this massive party going on you see poe his face just drops like either in almost pure relief. It seems Um, I'm loving seeing the group of, of heroes together here and the new looks that we're getting on them, a good fresh look on each character. They seemingly have evolved. We've, we've had some time pass. Um, I I love that aspect about this trailer is that it's really pointed to the idea that we've seen character evolution here. We've seen the world move on and that's important because we're not just kind of stuck in this little window here. I felt the last gen, I felt a bit more constrained by that idea that it was happening right after the Force Awakens. This has given us some time to grow with these characters and for mm-hmm. them to change and for them to evolve and not have to directly show us this. You dig in this first shot of kind of the group of heroes here, Trey?
2: Oh, I love it. I love that look, too, especially when they pan out and they look down the valley there of that desert and you get you kind of get like a big your scale, like maz katana's castle you know yeah that trailer forces to make because we had the castle and the flags and everything and i love that just seeing that team together it, it's so good and it's and you know what it's really refreshing to see all of them together outside of a corridor of a spaceship you yes. know it's yeah. nice to see them on a planet and it's outside it's it's nice it's, it's really nice i appreciate it yeah Yeah. like it
0: yeah great scene now this leads into i tell you guys there's two shots in this trailer that I absolutely love. And one of them's driven a, a new theory into my head. But the first one <clears> is when we see all those resistance ships coming out of hyperspace, mm-hmm. the X-wings, the B-wings, what looks like maybe the Falcon. Huh? Like I, I can't <clears> even really put into words. I rewound that and watch it. It's just like boom, 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 boom. It is. That is so beautiful. And then the Star Destroyers yeah. all lined up too. Ugh, you just get the lightning flash. Yeah. And you're seeing row upon row like what looks like hundreds of Star Destroyers. And classic Star Destroyers,
2: yes. these aren't these aren't first order. This is Imperial. That's it's huge. That is huge because we could potentially have Imperial, First Order, and Resistance going on. Like that's wow. that's massive. Yeah. yeah that's so that's cool. Unless time's gone by and you know the the first order stepped their game up or or downsized and gone to uh <laughs> Imperial, whichever way you look at it. So, so I don't know, but that's
0: it's interesting. Hey, let, let me throw this theory on the table here. And I hey, talked about a little bit about this in the, the Commonwealth DM. But so if you go to the Thrawn trilogy, the original books, not the new one, there was some of the, the base storyline is the remnants of the Empire are chasing this ghost dreadnought fleet. So this fleet of ships that went accidentally into hyperspace and just disappeared with no one on them. And the Republic is chasing these as well. So it's basically whoever can get to these ships first to pad out their Navy wins the the war. And I'm wondering if they're pulling from this is that the MacGuffin of the film is this kind of idea of this ghost Imperial dreadnoughts or ships that these look like they're parked somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, and this is my running theory, if this is something that everyone's chasing because the the Navy or the Resistance Navy is non-existent, basically. And mm-hmm. if the first order gets to the hands on this, basically the war is over. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm feeling that they're going to pull a little bit from that and that this is what the team is after is the insight into where these ships are. Because mm-hmm. in that Thrawn trilogy, okay. it's Luke and all them chasing these things to right. try to find them there's ghost ships and so i Mm. think that that's kind of my running theory right here you know you got what looks like the next scene finn and and i think believe the character's name is Jan, and namey character um they look Mm. like they're looking at these ships and so i wonder if uh, i love that this is going to be them chasing through the galaxy to try to find these and looking for you know those clues the any rumors about this i don't know just kind of an idea what do you guys think about that
1: Ah, I love that. That's cool. That's something original hasn't been done before in Star Wars. Kinda yeah. reminds me a little bit of uh was that Lord of the Rings? Where they had the ghost army and then they come and yes. help them at the end of Return Very of the King. So. Yeah. Um so I dig it. I dig it. Anything that like ties back to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I dig and this would be cool. It'd be something different. Um I dig it. Do you yeah. dig, it? <laughs> Troy? I
2: dig it? I feel it, man. No, I like that a lot and it gives something. For uh, Poe and Finn to really do and dive into, meanwhile having Rey off-sea go on her Jedi path. So uh, no, I, I really like that aspect, and it's something different and refreshing to go in the Star Wars universe that we haven't seen before. Yes, yeah, so. I like it.
0: There's hints of a super weapon. You mm-hmm, see that mm-hmm. big blast in there, and yeah. I wonder if I, I don't want another Star Destroyer or um, Death Star, or yeah, uh, no, Star they got to move away from that. Yeah, they gotta yeah. move away from that a little bit and do a different type of major threat. And that, you know, there's there's one theory where it could be probably not that, but who knows? It'd be pretty wild. <laughs> and now some some of the biggest reveals in this trailer are are Ray and Kylo, and some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful scenes we see in here. Now Ray training, oh, her chucking that lightsaber, yeah. catching it with that that red flare on her, and yeah. it looks like she's got the little training droid out there, same that Luke had in A New Hope but mm. Ray Ray's looking pretty powerful. Now we get to the big reveal at the end,
2: but she's mm-hmm. looking
0: pretty powerful in this and that she's uh, really stepped up her Jedi game. I- I'm loving the yeah. look at this.
2: Yeah, no, it's dope. She's doing like the whole, um, kind of reminds me of Thor with his hammer. We've I seen mean, oh, yeah. Star Wars. We've seen the lightsaber has been thrown before, not not on the big screen, really. I don't think been thrown and come back. But here was really cool seeing her in the woods training. I'm a ah, I'm a huge sucker for uh, training montages, <laughs> taking it back to the '80s, Rocky, <laughs> kickboxing, support, all that. Yeah, good they stuff.
1: gotta have like some '80s music with it.
2: Give it to me, man. I have the tiger playing in the background. Yeah. There oh,
1: Transformers. Yeah. There
2: you go. Not, yeah. there yeah. you
0: go. <laughs> now, how about how about this battle that we see? you know it's it's got this overprint of your journey nears its end from palpatine what looks like new dialogue and we've got them fighting on this raging ocean on top of what could be parts of the old death star this fight do you think it's at the end of the film is this in the middle of the film
2: i think that's in the, the middle of the yeah. film. I don't think that's at the very end. I think that's possibly in the middle. I love that we've already seen lightsaber combat yeah. in this trailer <laughs> alone. This is crazy. This is good. Um no, but I think it's definitely in the middle. I think um that reveal too could be something else that we will dive into that I'm sure. But um I think this is in the middle and I think Kylo Ren kind of goes on his own journey a little bit afterwards too. Um, and yeah, man, I mean that's all I got to say on that, but we'll uh we'll get back to you guys on the other stuff because I can't wait yeah. to talk about the race stuff. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. Ah. Sanjay, how are you feeling about this lightsaber duel on uh oh, this giant ocean? Looks beautiful.
2: Looks
1: beautiful. Like it's got that dark and grittiness that I love, and it's got yeah. the lightsabers.
2: Zack the... Snyder shot that, eh? Oh, uh,
1: well, you know who wrote <laughs> it? Wrote this movie? Subming. So, I, mean, I... Uh, I, I can't remember his name. No, is he wrote art though. No, uh Gore wrote the first draft and then Chris Terrio.
0: Oh yeah, right. Terrio enabled. Yeah, so
1: Terrio year, right? did this, yeah. so you know, there showing you that love to BBS, I love it.
0: Yeah, there man. you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this trailer kind of wraps up. It gives us the impression that we've got Ray versus Kylo Ren here, the battle mm. for the force really, for the end yes. of this this legacy. But We get a bit of a, I don't know if it's an MCU twist, a J.J. Abrams twist, or a Star Wars twist. But they hit us hard with this. And this is something that came immediately out of the D23 panel when we Mm. hadn't seen this footage yet. This was the big talk. Ray with a double-bladed Sith lightsaber, all dressed in black. Yes. What do you think this is, Troy? Is this a misdirect? Is this something else? Or is Ray going to take that plunge into the dark side for a bit in this film?
2: Oof. It's uh, it's a misdirect for sure. I think I don't see Daisy Ridley's Ray that we know and love going down that dark path. But I do think this is the this is the big nine right here. This is the game closer. We're wrapping everything up. We're tying all the loose ends. I feel, and I'm going to say it. I feel it's a clone. I feel that it's a Ray clone. When you go back to Episode Four, Obi Wan Kenobi talks about the Clone Wars. So clones already established to us we already we're already familiar we got boba fett is a clone we have clones everywhere when we start off this trailer or not this trailer this trilogy kylo ren says do i need to bring out the clone army so we've always been surrounded by these clones so it's not really unheard of um i think potentially too as well there's been a, a lot of stuff with jakku and we do know even going to the aftermath books i know that's getting a little too inside yeah. baseball but the aftermath books did establish that palpatine did have his eyes on jakku so what i'm thinking is um palpatine's basically try to create the next best apprentice maybe this is like his mara jade and when you go into last jedi you see ray's origin when she snaps yeah that's the hundreds of rays that's the mm-hmm. hundred different ways we've had that's like a foreshadowing of her history so she is oh she doesn't like she doesn't have parries she's a clone all along and Maybe that one we've seen there is the first clone. Maybe it's the last clone. Maybe they're going to touch on the Mirror Jade. Like, that's the apprenticeship that she's had with with uh, Palpatine here. I don't know, but I feel there's some kind of connection there. I don't feel Whoa. it's Ray, but I feel like it's... Her, her anyway. dark path, maybe she was meant to be a clone or she's meant to be like a dark side user the whole time and that's like the original. Maybe it is a vision and she's a flashback to what she used to be or her original first version was. But I feel there's some kind of clone stuff going on and um, I think I'll be accepted if if that's what they go with.
0: So, Man, you just blew my brain apart there with all <laughs> the Mara Jade stuff.
2: Yeah. Because
0: I, I, when we were talking about this before, I didn't put too much stock in the idea of clone But Mm -hmm. that's a way to bring in Palpatine without having him in present day. If it's a flashback and his more of a Mara Jade type of uh, apprenticeship, right? Like at the same time as Vader. Yes. Which would be another way to bring Vader into this. Wow. (laughs) That's right. That they're all fine. Because I had this pegged more as a force vision of sorts, similar to what Luke saw in Empire Strikes Back in the Cave.
2: Yes, Mm.
0: yes, huge. Where he's seeing what would have been the darker version, and she's seeing what would have been the darker version of herself. Mm -hmm. It feels very, when you look at the scene, I don't know if it's cut funny, Mm -hmm. but the whole motion feels very stiff and robotic to me.
2: Right, the jackknife lightsaber going on. Yeah, it's weird, though. The way she snaps
0: it, it's... Yeah. Like, there's no fluidity to her. Right. Like, it's just one movement. I don't know if it's some weird edit. But if you yeah. go back and watch it, guys, it's some. there's something really funny about it. You look at the way Rey moves with the lightsaber with that staff. Very yeah. fluid <laughs> mo- movements. This is right. stiff as a board. Exactly. Almost, exactly. like I said, robot. So I, I don't know. I'm on the fence here. But I agree it's a mystery. It's not our Rey. It's not no. the heroine Rey, the, the protagonist no. of this the sequel trilogy. It's not her for sure. I don't think she's dipping to the dark side at all. But no. now I'm even more on this. Now that you've kind of walked through that theory, I'm <laughs> even more on board with the idea that this is a clone. I like the snapping thing, too, that this is a bit more of a reflection, reflection. of who she is yeah, as mm-hmm. opposed yeah. to who her parents are.
2: Right. And, and you mentioned, too, like the double lightsaber. Like, if that is the original Ray, say, even, she's used to fighting with a double-welded lightsaber, which is why she the current Ray would snap. have, like, her stick. Like, she's comfortable with that because it's in her DNA. It's always been there Whoa, to use Troy. the double. So I don't know, man. We'll we'll see. But it ah, it's this could be cool. This could be huge. I
0: love I, it. I, I love really like just reveal
2: that. alone. Just to reveal alone, I, I love. So to me, it makes more know.
0: sense as to why Palpatine's in it. Is if it's more flashbacks, right? If it's mm-hmm. not present day Palpatine. Oh man, and they yeah. could do. They could weave everything so from basically episode one forward episode two yeah. forward mm-hmm. into this film they could tie it all together huge holy yeah. moly jeez sunny <laughs> man i just had my brain blown apart how are you feeling about this one this this dark ray are, are you on board with uh what troy's doing here he's just basically like the whole movie out in front of me if it's not this i'm gonna be absolutely
1: pissed. <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely I, I love troy's take this that makes perfect sense to me um there's no way this is like legit as it seems that would be such a huge spoiler to give away so early in the yeah, game and you know it, it just doesn't make sense so it has to be unless it's like the double negative where it's like they expect it to be a spoiler so if we show it to them everyone will be like well that can't be a spoiler but it is a spoiler mm-hmm. but no i don't think they're playing like 4d chess over there so uh... it's,
0: it's the most talked about scene gif moments yeah. from d23 right
1: absolutely
0: yeah and that's what they wanted and that's what they're getting from it it could be yep. Yep. a 10 second clip in the film and the, oh the yeah. buzz is generated here so i, I don't know this this moved like i said at the start this moved the needle big time for me mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in star wars this and the mandalorian yes it, it's it's done something within me it's kind of awaken that you know yeah. the, the rise of tim's fandom it's bad love you it. know? I love it I'm feeling I'm feeling the positive vibes again I'm igno- I haven't really read much online about it I've just decided to ignore all that that stuff and just come up and, and discuss with you guys and people around the yeah. Commonwealth that are putting a nice positive spin on all this but I don't know how you couldn't like this trailer It's right? it's it's fantastic it's it's done big things for me. And uh, I look forward to, to what's next here in, in Star Wars. We're going to get this really is the damn breaking. This is it. You know, guys, we're counting down towards Force Friday three, Triple Force Friday, yes. followed on by The Mandalorian. And then a month later, so we've got October, November, December big star wars months guys this is exciting Mm -hmm. stuff it's 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 really exciting and realistically that that's got to cap us off here guys for this week this was uh, the behemoth of an episode because we had to get through a ton of content and it's not going to slow down you know next week we're going to be talking about this new joker trailer we hopefully get our shazam (laughs) review in which we're supposed to do this week but You guys will forgive us because of all the content that we got. We've got to get back into or I've got to get back into reading comics. This is never going to end, guys. I'm having so much fun in Nerddom. Collecting, you know, it's going to pick up here inevitably at some point in time. We've got, like I said, Triple Force Friday coming. And uh, we're going to be back on the mics next week, next Thursday, like we always are, guys. And as always, if you'd like to be a part or contribute to the show in any fashion, you can always email us at nerdram at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're always hanging out there, lurking about, talking about everything Stars, Marvel and DC and beyond. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can always find everything that we do on the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com where you can find all our other friends that are breaking down this trailer, Mandalorian, everything in a ton of detail over the next week or two. So make sure you head over there to check everyone out. You can find all of our updates on collecting and what we're doing kind of in the background off air over on Instagram at the Nerd RM. And last but not least, certainly not least, you can find us over on emotionally14.com where our good friend Rob Wade endorses this podcast each and every week. You can find us, the Roman Podcast, Talk Star Wars, and everything that Rob does over at emotionally14.com. There it is, guys, done and dusted. Let's get Sanjay to bed. You've got an early morning, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We will be talking to you guys next week. So, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. That's hilarious. I think you turn off your mic, Sanjay. (laughs) What? Hello? (laughs) Take two. Can you hear me? Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Please sign off. What's that?
0: I said, please sign off. All right, I got to get this one good.
1: And I'm Sanjay.
0: And thank you guys very much for tolerating us every single week, and for entering the nerd room. See ya. <laughs> this has been a nerd room podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at the nerd Troy the boy eighty seven, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out the TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to Star to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's radio podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth to take your first steps into a larger world.